Do you need a break from the news? Well, my friend, Nerdette Podcast is here for you. Our show is all about delight. We laugh about what's happening in pop culture and feature thoughtful interviews with fascinating people. We even have a monthly book club that you can participate in. I could just go on and on about it. I loved this book. It was an experience, I'll tell you that. (laughs) I discovered authors I had never heard of, and I'm really happy that I did. Come hang out with us. Listen to Nerdette wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, Tati, I can use the ladder here. I'm going to make some. Dolly, Claire, Kayla, you see how nice that yellow's looking? That's what we're going to work on, okay? Dorian Sylvain has been painting murals for decades. So what you're going to need to be thinking about, too, is base paint. Like, for example, there's a couple of browns over there. What what brown would we want to put in for her face? What about the mask? Today, she's working with a handful of students, painting a storefront at 71st and Jeffrey on the south side of Chicago. And we are painting a boutique, trying to give it a little bit more inspiration. It's unfortunately completely boarded up in the front, and so now we're giving it a facelift and making it bright, attractive, and uh, let people know they're open for business. This isn't an abandoned business. The mural features two women painted in shades of purple and red and blue against a bright green background. So gather a paintbrush, the base color you need. We can possibly just work straight out the cans. For the last 40 years, Dorian has made art all over the south side of Chicago. But this neighborhood, South Shore, is special to her. I mean, it was a wonderful neighborhood growing up. Everything I needed was right there in my neighborhood, you know. Um, Such a huge variety of of people is just great. But over time, what Dorian calls community blight set in. So yeah, it, it, it breaks my heart. Businesses shuttered. The grocery store, the hardware store, the bank. Many black middle class families moved away. It's hard on the psychology, you know. It's hard on your spirit. Which is where, she says... Art comes in. Color just lifts you, you know? Even if I just painted it a color, (laughs) it would have made a difference. But to put images on top of it, that's just like icing on the cake, you know? And so the community always embraces that. And lately, Dorian has been really busy, even by her standards. I've kind of gotten used to a certain steady pace of juggling, painting, to teaching, to community stuff. But this has been off the chain. Last month, after protests over the killing of George Floyd swept the city and some neighborhoods were hit with looting, lots of businesses boarded up their storefronts. And in many parts of the city, artists took advantage of the blank canvases, putting up pieces with messages of solidarity and unity, decrying racial injustice and police brutality, or memorializing George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, and so many others. Since then, Dorian has been getting lots of phone calls. Certainly we get a lot of calls because nobody likes the look of raw plywood on their windows, their business windows. But I think it goes deeper than that in the sense that people need to express themselves. Sometimes where words words fail us, we look to visual ideas maybe to kind of fill that in. The outcome is that you have this landscape full of some quite impressive artwork out here, you know. But then the next challenge becomes then what do we do with it? Are we just tossing it because now the the moment is over and we don't need it? 
I'm Mackenzie Crossan, and Dorian's not the only one asking these questions. Take Wicker Park resident Katrina Herman. She's also been wondering about the future of Chicago's plywood murals ever since they started appearing along Milwaukee Avenue in her neighborhood. You cannot miss it as you walk or drive down that street. And that made me hopeful and proud to live in my community in my city. And it's so sad to me to know that this artistic effort could then disappear and just be thrown in a dumpster and never be seen again. So with all that in mind, she asked Curious City what's going to happen to the art when the plywood boards come down. Yes, art is ephemeral, but it also feels like as Chicagoans, then we're slacking on the job if we don't make the effort to preserve this. As it turns out, there are lots of Chicagoans who share Katrina's concerns for this art, and they're doing something about it. Together, they make up a patchwork preservation effort involving public arts organizations, community groups, individual businesses, and the city of Chicago itself. We just want to see the artwork um, used and preserved in whatever capacity that may be. Lindsay Evans works in the mayor's office, where she helps lead the 2020 census campaign. She says the city hopes to use the plywood murals in a public service campaign to encourage people to participate in the census this year. Because I think a lot of times the people think of the census and they think of a government form and that seems really unimportant and boring. Um, and we're trying to, to really educate people on the significance of it. This is a really important way that they represent their communities and that they bring additional resources to their communities. So Lindsay says they've been reaching out to businesses to collect unwanted plywood art. Many of the businesses we've talked to are actually really moved by the artwork and intend to keep it. And we're so happy with that. I mean, that's a great result. We want to see the artwork preserved in every scenario. The city hopes to launch the campaign later this month. But Lindsay won't disclose much more than that. We are still keeping the details under wraps. I, oh. stup- I want to share them so badly, but we want to make it a full and exciting launch. Part of the goal is that more of the city gets to see the art. So I'll just leave you with that. So that's the city. But from our reporting, it appears that most of the action is happening at the grassroots level, led by artists and art lovers. And it's a lot of work. It's nonstop. Like, I barely get any sleep. You know, my back hurts. (laughs) Lugging plywood around myself, even though people think I sit in some pretty little office and just tell everybody to go and get plywood. No, I'm actually out there scouting, taking plywood down, getting dirty. (laughs) LeVar Horde is the founder and managing curator of the Beeline Project, an outdoor mural gallery on Hubbard Street and Fulton Market. He and his colleagues saw the plywood murals going up all over the city and decided to act. We began to put together teams of, of artists and people and renting vans and, and, and collecting the plywood coming down and putting them in our warehouse. And we've partnered with other groups in addition to our own groups to aggregate and collect all this amazing art. So we now have, oh boy, probably about 60 or so really high quality boards. LeVar says it's been incredible to see how the boards change from neighborhood to neighborhood. When we were in Boys Town, it's pretty clear that that the message of Black Lives Mattering and social injustice is pretty tailored to the LGBTQ spectrum. And then on the South Side, you'll find very deep messages about specific people, all sorts of, uh, of, of names and tributes to people that, you know, may not snatch headlines as much as, as others. 
So LeVar and the Beeline want to take all this hyper-local protest art and put it all under one roof for an exhibition. We just thought, hey, you know, let's get these boards in, in one place and, and, and let people walk through a forest of plywood messages and art. They hope to put the exhibit in a four-story timber loft building in Fulton Market and fill every floor with murals, along with multimedia elements like maps, audio, and video to give context to each piece. The opportunity to slow down and look at the boards, not just in passing, but to actually take it in and receive it, that's a very different experience than just being on the street. When the exhibit is over, LeVar says some of the boards will probably go back to the storefronts, Others will be auctioned off, with proceeds going to the artist or a charity of their choice. But all that comes later. For now, he's busy collecting boards and planning the exhibition. I believe so much in this exhibition. And just by seeing the murals that we have in the warehouse now, I mean, I see the power of the messages, and I just can't wait to be able to throw the doors open and share that with everyone else. Another preservation group is taking a different approach. Like LeVar, they've been hustling around the city gathering pieces, but they're not going to auction them off. We don't want them to go and sit in somebody's house. We don't want them to sit with art collectors forever. We want them to remain out in the public. We want that message to be seen as long as it possibly can be. This is Christina Brown. Along with Camille Hunter, she started Sounding Boards, an initiative to commission murals and preserve them after they come down. They hope to participate in LeVar's exhibition, But their ultimate goal is to find permanent homes for the art in public places like schools or parks. As Camille explains, they don't have a concrete plan yet, but they have some ideas. We really want it to be some sort of public installation or something that can really be interactive for every individual to be able to look at and remember and kind of honor this space in time. And for them to be in locations where you might not typically have access to art. We don't want this to be a pay-to-play kind of thing in the future. No one should have to buy a ticket to see this piece of art that was sitting outside before. So to answer Katrina's question, it's impossible to say what will happen to every single piece of art that's gone up in the last month and a half. Some businesses say they will keep it or move it indoors. Some murals will end up in exhibits and gallery spaces, at least temporarily, Some could be added to private art collections, and some might end up on permanent public display. Katrina just hopes the art won't be forgotten. I hope that it's all collected and stored wherever you store art. I don't know. I feel like the Art Institute has giant caverns where they just store their art. And then it gets put into a rotation the same way that the Art Institute will do like a traveling Monet show. It could be a curated presentation of protest art, treated with as much reverence as the Impressionists. Curious City is supported by the Conant Family Foundation. Isabel Carter and Stephen Jackson contributed reporting for this story, and Stephen Jackson produced it. I'm Mackenzie Crossan. At a time when information continues to come at us faster and faster, sometimes you need to hit pause. 
and rewind. NPR's Throughline takes you back in time to the source of the news stories filling your feed. Find NPR's Throughline wherever you get your podcasts. Before we start the show, we here at Curious City want to let you in on a little-known fact about WBEZ. 89% of all our funding comes from community support, including contributions from curious listeners like you. If this program has changed how you see Chicago, please consider supporting this program at wbez.org slash curious. Thank you.